the Public News Service Joy Newscast, February the 23rd, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Advocates for mental health are applauding the passage of a new law. It expands mental health support for survivors of natural disasters and terrorist attacks, like the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. The Post-Disaster Mental Health Response Act allows FEMA to provide mental health services for survivors of not just major disaster declarations like the COVID-19 pandemic, but events considered smaller emergency declarations, which took place in Boston. Marathon bombing survivor Mania Chalinski says she felt invisible as she searched for help. I felt that having mental health wounds didn't count and people weren't thinking about it in the big picture of the response. Chalinski met with other survivors of the bombing and learned they too were in need of care before reaching out to Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, who introduced the bill in 2021 before it was recently signed by President Biden. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Following the Boston Marathon bombing, 38% of Boston-area military veterans diagnosed with PTSD cited emotional distress, as did 11% of kids. And North Dakota is home to a tribal college that is one of the most sustainable schools in the U.S. for conserving energy. Turtle Mountain Community College sits in the heart of the Turtle Mountain Reservation. Facilities Manager Wes Davis has led an effort to lower the energy bill of the college by 300%. He did this through controlling the 256 geothermal heating and cooling pumps in the school, each equipped with their own sensor. Colonialism has imposed a worldview on indigenous people that has impacted how they sustain themselves. Davis suggests that includes access to advanced infrastructure. We need to be able to understand how to develop our power, our energy, and how to get it to our communities. In this particular area, Davis says the obstacles largely stemmed from native populations being excluded from rural electric cooperatives. But he says there's now been some positive movement in easing that tension, with tribal communities expressing interest in establishing their own co-ops. I'm Mike Moen. A future goal for Turtle Mountain Community College involves a vocational HVAC program and solar and renewable energy schooling. Now from our friends at NPR, Pennsylvania's Governor Josh Shapiro said the state's acting attorney general is investigating whether criminal charges are warranted in the derailment of the Norfolk Southern Railroad train just over the state line in Ohio. NPR notes that Shapiro blasted Norfolk Southern's arrogance and incompetence in an interview on Morning Edition, saying the railroad didn't participate in unified efforts with the emergency services. This is Public News Service. West Virginians released from prison are not allowed to vote until their parole or probation period is over and their sentence is complete. Since people can be placed on parole in some cases for up to 10 years for low-level offenses, criminal justice advocates say they're effectively barred from civic participation, even as people get jobs and resume community life. Ashley Ums with the group West Virginia Family of Convicted People says Senate Bill 235, which restores the right to vote upon physical release from prison, would streamline the process of helping more people become part of their communities. If you are reintegrated back out into society after serving your sentence and your probation and parole, you're paying taxes and working and you're technically a part of society again. So we just feel like it's your right to be able to vote. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. Research shows that states like Maryland and New York have saved money by implementing earned compliance credits. 
Now from our Eric Tigetoff, a new air quality standard from the federal government does not go far enough to protect the public, some say. For the first time in a decade, the Environmental Protection Agency has proposed updating the standard for soot, fine particulate matter that's been linked to asthma, heart disease, and even early death. The proposal brings the annual standard down from 12 micrograms per cubic meter to a level between 9 and 10. The daily level remains the same at 35 micrograms. Ross McFarland with the Sierra Club and based in Seattle says he's glad the EPA is reviewing this but needs to go further. We're asking them to listen to their own science advisors, to the many community and environmental groups who are testifying and to ensure that they're setting a standard that really is protective of public health and the environment. Finally, our Danielle Smith lets us know a Pennsylvania educator, one of 50 teachers from around the U.S. and Canada, who received a teacher fellowship, an honor that came with a big adventure. Katie Harnish teaches fourth grade in the Penn Manor School District, and she traveled with teams from National Geographic and Lindblad Expeditions. Harnish said they traveled to Ushuaia, Argentina, where they picked up the National Geographic Explorer, an ice class vessel, and traveled to the Falkland Islands. From there, they sailed to South Georgia Islands and then to Antarctica. Harnish says they explored plants, wildlife, and animals in the area with the help of naturalists and undersea specialists. So it was incredible. I was able to see giant albatross colonies. I was able to see um, enormous penguin colonies. And This is my covert for Public News Service, member Alyssa supported. Here's at interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.